0: This is the Before the Mayans podcast, episode thirty-four. Tum Tom, Tom, Tom's. the right place. Mr. Hollywood himself presents the Before the Millions Podcast. 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 And now your host, DeRay Olalaye. Hey, what's up? What's going on, BTM community? We're back for another installment of the BTM Podcast. And on this episode, we're talking about time management. So the time management aspect of transitioning to entrepreneur. And we have the honor of speaking to one of the founders of Screw the 9 to 5, Jill Stanton. Now, Screw the 9 to 5 is an online resource, just in case you don't know. It's an online resource for those of us looking to make that transition from our unfulfilling day job to a fulfilling entrepreneurial path that we love. So Jill and Josh is the other half of the founding partners, and also Jill's husband I founded this platform to help those of us who are looking to escape our dreaded day job and start maybe an online business or a business outside of our nine to five jobs. So what me and Jill actually discussed though, because again, my focus this year is to help first-time real estate investors get into their first property. We're focusing on today as we draw a lot of parallels from Uh, people leaving their job to start online businesses and people leaving their nine to five jobs to be real estate investors, draw a lot of parallels on how we can better efficiently and effectively manage our time to get the most output from the time spent after or before work. Crazy thing is I was a lot more disciplined when I had a nine to five job because I knew that I had limited time to tend to my businesses. I knew that I had a very limited window to get things up and running and things off the ground. So the mindset uh, when you have a job and you couple that with being an entrepreneur, I believe is, is much, much, much more focused just because you know that you don't have a lot of time to waste. And I imagine that the situation is very similar when you have kids in your life or when you have a significant other, you tend to get things done on time or ahead of schedule because you know that you have other obligations or other things that you want to do with your time. So with that being said, I think that it's very important to start understanding where those pockets of time lie and how to best take advantage of those. And that's something that Jill is gonna discuss with us today. Now that my time is my time and it's not so restrictive, I try to focus most of my time and eventually all of my time in my zone of genius, doing the things that I love, doing the things that fulfill me, doing the things that I want to do. So that means, you know, tending to all areas of my life whether that's working out that's spending time with family that's running and growing my business that's uh, reaching out philanthropy that's working in the faith you know all, all the things that I've always wanted to allocate my time and resources to you know I'm able to spread my time out and do those things and you know one thing that really really that really really gets me going is being able to help other people get to a level of comfortability get to a level of stabilization that you know maybe that they thought they were at just having um, one source of Income from a W two nine to five job to having multiple sources of, in, of income with assets that are backed and, and and proven. During the month of January, I started doing these one off one on one coaching calls. Currently, registration is closed. I opened up eight slots and I started working with people, helping them get into their first investment properties. So it's been super fascinating just to just to be on the just to be on the other end of the excitement and the joy that I hear uh, when I talk to somebody who who thinks that they're in an impossible situation or who's looking to get started, but doesn't know where to start. And I explained to them the steps to kind of get from where they are to where they want to be and when and how to go about uh, implementing those steps and you know, just kind of seeing the the immediate, you know, not even the implementation of anything that that we've discussed, but just seeing the the immediate transformation in their, in their demeanor and their tone, knowing that what we just discussed is possible, knowing that it's not, it's no longer a dream, but there's actually steps involved. And if I, if I complete these steps then I'll be able to get to my goal, just, just being able to see that click for somebody on the, on the other end of a call has been amazing for me, has been fantastic. And I I'm so happy I decided to make this transition, which is something that I've discussed. What I discussed actually in detail on this episode is making this transition to really niche down to, to real estate investing, more specifically helping uh, corporate uh, corporate American employees uh, get into their first investment property. So the decision that I made in 2018 to really niche down and, and focus on that has has really bode well for not only me, but a lot of the listeners that have been looking to fulfill this void in their life. So it's been amazing. One of the things that I wanted to share with you guys today is, is the types of emails I get now before I would get I would always get thank you emails, but they'd be in different arenas and they'd, I'd always get a lot of questions as well that'd be in different arenas and a lot of the guests that I used to have on the show were guests in arenas in which I've I've successfully launched businesses in, but no longer operate in those arenas. And I always want to be a forward marching and forward looking. So I wanted to make sure that whatever it is that I am giving out to my audience is are things that I'm currently implementing and things that I think that I'll be implementing for a long time. And that's one of the reasons why I, I chose to focus down the path of real estate, because I know that it's a hard asset that's been around for God knows, how long and will continue to be around forever. So one of the emails I got the other day, I'm just going to read a bit of his email. My name is Tech and he actually lists out his whole name, but I'm just going to give you his first name. I came across your podcast after searching for episodes of Jay Morrison. And if you guys want to listen to my interview with Jay Morrison, you can go to beforethemillions.com slash episode 20. That's beforethemillions.com slash episode two zero. But the email goes on to say, since listening to your interview and several other podcasts, I subscribed and was mesmerized with a lot of the similarities that we share outside of our homeland and attitudes towards working for ourselves. I work in healthcare and commute via train, usually listening to nonsensical podcasts of comedians in order to cheer myself up just to get through my dreaded job. Although I enjoy my work, the idea of doing this for 30 plus years with little to show sounds less and less favorable. What stopped me in my tracks and got me going was your conviction. Simply, I could hear the truth in your voice. I could sense it. The six reasons to buy your first investment property in 2018. That was the final straw. So here I am, and then um, his email reads on. But he goes on to tell me uh, some of his goals, and his goal is to you know purchase his first property. But he's telling me about an opportunity with with his grandmother and a house that he's maybe looking to buy in Oakland, California. And he eventually wants to use the equity to purchase more properties and generate passive income. But. You know, he's decided to to officially be committed. He's decided that you know my episode, episode thirty one, uh, where I discussed the six reasons to buy your first investment property in twenty eighteen. He discussed. He he decided that that episode was the final straw. That he enough was enough, and he's about to you know take action. And by his words, literally, he's working a dreaded job that he doesn't see that he can he can literally go on doing that for the next thirty years. So he wanted to create passive streams of income and go on and do the things that he loves. When I get emails like this, it literally puts purpose behind the countless hours I spend, you know, creating content, interviewing guests, uh, booking guests, uh, editing podcast episodes, creating blog posts, doing outreach. Teaching my students, uh, creating courses, putting together groups and masterminds—like you know, the, the countless hours of the grunt work, the stuff that I love, the stuff that I hate. When I get emails like this, it literally brings everything back full circle, and it shows me the purpose of what I'm called to do in this arena, and and who I'm helping, and that I'm actually affecting, you know, people in their lives and their trajectory and what they what they deem as uh, as their ultimate lifestyle. So. So, Tech, again, good luck to you and all your endeavors. I'm so excited that you decided to embark on this path, and I'm going to be with you if you need my help every step of the way. And that goes for any and everybody else who's deciding to to take this path and embark on their journey. So I will be opening up more spots for one-on-one, one-on-one coaching and mentoring. But for right now, I still want to tend to the people who've already signed up for the January slots. So I'll be working with them. And if you think that real estate is for you and this is the path that you want to go down and you're you're in corporate America and you feel as though, you know, you're giving half of your money to the tax man and you feel as though there's no end in sight. You feel <laughs> you feel you feel you feel that pit in your stomach every time you step into the office and <laughs> and you want to do something about it. I have a waiting list right now for February slots. So actually, if you want to visit com slash work with me, find my one-on-one coaching. And if you click on if you click on the button, then it'll take you to my, my waiting list. And if you enter your email and, and add yourself to my waiting list, then as soon as the February slots open, you will get an email. It's gonna be first come, first serve. And again, this is something that I, I see myself doing for the foreseeable future because of the impact that I believe that this is having on people's lives and some of the transformations that, that's currently going on and people who are literally about to get into their first investment property already gets me excited. So if you if you're interested in in getting into your first investment property in 2018 and you need help with your strategy, you need help with where to start, you need help with some resources, with with some connections, I want to help you with those things. And I believe that I can. I believe that I have the experience and the know how. I've I've been there, done that, you know, I've closed on multiple deals now and I know what it takes to when offers. I know what it takes to to do proper due diligence. And I say that. Let's say that's key. I know what it takes to get proper financing. You know, a lot of the things that people get tripped up on. You know, if we work together, you know, the idea ideas for you not to get tripped up on these things. The idea is for you to save a lot of time, but more importantly, save a lot of money buying a real estate investment property, especially your first one can set you back if you don't know what you're doing, whereas uh, actual true investment is not supposed to set you back, it's supposed to propel you forward. So again, if that's something that you're interested in, please visit beforethemillions.com slash work with me, sign up for the waiting list, and I will notify you personally as soon as our February slots open, you'll be able to book a one-on-one coaching call with me. If you, and, and just in general, if you haven't already been to the website, visit beforethemillions.com. Sign up for our newsletter. It's not a typical newsletter. It's not Uh, fluff information, you know, my newsletter is literally hitting the ground running with the resources, tools, tips, tricks, strategies to help you uh, along your investing journey. So one of the things that you'll, you'll get in whenever your first newsletters from me is a document, uh, highlighting different ways to save on your mortgage, different ways to save on your interest, different ways to save on your PMI, ways to pay your mortgage off faster than than previously thought possible. A resource that's going to help you find the best credit union for your needs. That's going to help you find the lowest interest rates. It's going to give you the best lender. You know, there are so many resources, that I, uh, resources, tips, tricks, strategies that I'm giving out on my newsletter. So if you're not a part of the newsletter, then definitely visit com. Check out some of the other offerings that, that we have. Check out some of the other podcast episodes. Subscribe to the newsletter and also sign up, sign up for one-on-one coaching if that's something that you're interested in without any further ado let's get personal let's talk about some of my personal goals let's talk about how i decided to niche down let's talk about let's talk about some of your goals and how how to achieve your goals by by carving out time to do the things that are most important for you by achieving the ultimate time management system so without further ado let's get into the show
1: raise tip of the week
0: The tip of the week this week is a productivity hack. Now, since this episode is about time management, you know, one thing that we love to couple with being able to be a good time manager is not only having the time to to do the things that you want to do, but actually being productive with the time that you've given yourself. So one good way to be productive is to have some kind of productivity systems, have some kind of way to jot down your ideas, to get your ideas on paper, to facilitate to help your brainstorming process. One of the tools that I use is a program or a tool, since I use it as a tool, is a tool called WorkFlowy. And this is a way to organize your brain. So by this way of organization, you're going to be a lot more productive. And it's simply just Just imagine the notes app in your phone, but like notes 2.0. So it's a powerful way for you to take notes, make lists, collaborate, brainstorm, plan, and just in general, organize the ideas and thoughts in your brain, whether it pertains to your business or it pertains to like a to-do list. So again, definitely download workflowy. That's W-O-R-K-F-L-O-W-Y. It's an app that I use. It's totally. I think there's a, there's a free version. And there's a paid version. The free version is just fine. And it's a desktop app and a mobile app. So you can use it on your cell phone as well. It's called a Workflowy. And that is the tip of the week this week, guys. And now your feature presentation. Hey, everybody. Today, i like to welcome Jill Stanton to the show. Hey, Jill, how's it going?
1: Thanks so much for having me. I'm pumped to dive in today.
0: Yes, yes, yes! I'm excited. I have done done some research on you, and I'm super excited to kind Uh of get into your story. (laughs) If if you can describe for our listeners in one sentence what your area of expertise is, what would you say that is?
1: So I do this with my husband. So we we are (laughs) co-ceos, but my main focus in our business is all things community content coverage. So by coverage I mean doing interviews like this kind of stuff. And I do a lot of like we call me the implementer. So if you've ever read Traction or or Rocket Fuel, Josh is a visionary to my implementer. So I'm the I'm the get shit dunner. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and what is your business, Jill? Just in one sentence, what is your business? I mean, it's titled Screw the Nine to Five. And yeah. that, could, that could prompt so many different thoughts and images. What what do you guys do?
1: Yeah. So now that 2018 has kicked off and we're kind of thinking bigger, I think it could be so much more than just business. But what it is right now is a online education platform where we help people quit their jobs. Now that sounds really effing boring. So essentially we help people do life their way. So whether they want to get out of their jobs, they just want to create a side hustle where they make a bit of extra money. They're looking for a crew of entrepreneurs who are wildly supportive. That's kind of our jam. And then we have like, our podcast and a bunch of like tutorials and blog posts and free workshops and all that kind of stuff where we really help people kind of take what we know around building a business online and implement that into their life so that they can create a life they're excited to wake up to
0: if I would have interviewed you in 2017 last year, we would we would have been able to talk about so many different things like building up your website, building up funnels, uh, your email list, blog posts, things like that. Because I was so motivated in 2017 to take my business and help my listeners take their businesses to the next level, just all around. And 2018, I believe that there are lots of people out there who are in corporate America or who just are working their nine to five jobs who don't exactly know where to get started, what to do, how to have their money, start working for them. There are a lot of people who start businesses and start and fail. So there's an alternative route. And I still encourage many people to start businesses and many people to be entrepreneurial. But there is a route that that I'm focused on encouraging people to, to start this year, which is buying their first investment property. So there's a lot to take away from a conversation with you giving your area of expertise and what you do on a daily basis, helping people achieve their ultimate lifestyle goal by uh, screwing their nine to five and starting a lifestyle business. And I believe that real estate is one of those paths. Real estate is a lifestyle business uh, depending on the type of investing that you choose to do. So there are a lot of parallels that we can draw uh, between starting an online business and starting to invest in real estate, which which is a form of an online business if you structure it that way. It's a form of a location independent business if you structure it that way. What we're gonna talk about is is kind of along the same lines of, you know, starting an online business. We're still talking about how to work outside of your nine to five Mm -hmm. job how to manage your time how to make sure that you're you're putting your best foot forward when you are building your business or when you are starting to get into your first investment property there are a lot of parallels that you can draw because the the ultimate goal is lifestyle as you said like you know if mm-hmm. you can achieve a certain lifestyle through efforts that are not Part of your nine to five job, then then that's that's the golden ticket. That's like Charlie going to Willy Wonka's chocolate factory (laughs) and the chocolate. So that's what we're trying to get to. But what we want to talk about today, more specifically with you, Jill, is how to get started. How to get started in the sense that how we want to allocate our time, knowing that we have other obligations, knowing that we have maybe a nine to five job, knowing that we have maybe kids, one hundred percent of our day. Is already accounted for. So anytime we come up with new projects, new hobbies, new businesses, new whatever, we literally have to cut some time off from another activity. So Jill, time management how how do we properly and efficiently do that? Let's get into your story. We're going to get into a little bit of that. A little bit. Later. Let's get into your story. Let's talk about your maybe your upbringing. Let's talk about what you did before you became so entrepreneurial, and talk about how you kind of shifted your mindset to to this entrepreneurial lifestyle.
1: Yeah, well, I wish I had known about it way earlier cuz it probably would have made a lot of other things in my childhood make a lot more sense. Like I always had it's so cliché, but I always had the lemonade stand. But I also did like garage sales and fairs. I I put on a fair where I just tortured my parents. I'm like, "Dad, you're the like this guy. You paint faces or my Mom, you paint faces. Dad, you run the games. I'm going to bring the people in. But, like, I had no concept of sales. So, really, I would go to my friends and, like, give them money to come to my fair. (laughs) So, like, a little piece was missing there. But if I had known about this, I probably would have made it all happen. But, like I said to you, I'm eight and a half months pregnant right now with our first, and Josh and I are always talking about, like, we are going to ingrain. (laughs) (laughs) the concept of like solving problems and charging money and sales and confidence and positioning to our son. So anywho, my background looks like I was always the one who thought, you know, I'm going to be a TV host. I have such a knack for television and I'm a talker and all this kind of stuff. And so my twenties was really made up of I worked with a modeling agency, and so I was doing a lot of that stuff. So I was bartending on the side. So I was actually, I've never had a typical 9 to 5 the way most people call it. I was never in corporate America or Canada For in my case. My 9 to 5 was 9 p.m. to 5 a.m., <laughs> but it really taught me the art of small talk. Right, which is great for social media and connection because I could talk to pretty much anyone. It taught me the art of like really finding out people's underlying motivations and problems and just giving them a platform to feel comfortable talking to me. So that kind of stuff was really helpful. Plus, I can pour a strong drink. So, like, I'm the best yeah. at parties because <laughs> I'll get you drunk and I'll get you talking. Um, <laughs> Amazing. And then that all kind of transitioned into. I started my own web TV show back in 2006 before web TV was really a thing. And it was like the day of my space. So that's how old we're going back. And it was around dating, sex, and relationships. So I'm so freaking happy I did it when you could still erase shit off the internet because <laughs> there are so many things I would die if they ever saw the light of day now. But that was my first like entrepreneurial adventure or venture, I should say. And that spun off into a second web TV show, which was a travel web show, which is what brought me to Australia, which is how I connected with Josh, who was Australian and that was sponsored by like the Gold Coast Tourism Board and you know we got our whole road trip sponsored and wicked van sponsored our transportation and all this kind of stuff so i started slowly creeping my way into like how do i make money <laughs> and then i met josh who is was years ahead of me at that time he started his business online when he was 20 and so He did a lot of like ebooks back in the day of like ebooks. He sold an ebook on goldfish training and parrot training and (laughs) ridiculous shit like this. But he had a software company. And so he really helped me wrap my head around what the F is entrepreneurship? How do you do it? How can I get started? But because of that, because of his influence and because of my focus on like TV and social media and video online and all that stuff, the owner I was working for at one of the bars I was working at on the Gold Coast asked me if I would be willing to consult with him on his video marketing strategy. And so I saw an opportunity there because he was spending like six grand a month or something like that advertising in local tourist magazines. And he couldn't track it or he had no way of knowing if it was working. And so I said to him, what happens if I manage all your social media? I'll do all your videos. I'll set up a website, blah, blah, blah. I'll do all of these things for you and I'll charge you this much, which was under the 6K mark, but barely. (laughs) And he said yes, because he had three venues and I quit his bar. I was like, oh, by the way, I'm also going to quit bartending. Um, (laughs) And that was my first profitable business and I was out. But that was when I was like 29. So literally I had all these years of just spinning my wheels, not really knowing what I was doing, but all worth it in the end. And now I'm 36 and I'm just like... Damn, I'm still at it.
0: <laughs> still. Oh, wait, Jill, Jill, are we speaking to you uh, from Australia right now?
1: No, I'm in Canada. In case yeah, you yeah. couldn't tell by the misery outside of my oh, window.
0: Really quick, let me let me read off let me read off your about us page just mm-hmm. so our listeners get a, a general sense of you and, and Josh and you guys' personality because I think it's fascinating. So this is and this is the your professional about us page. It, it says
1: written in 2015.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it says. <laughs> Screw the nine to five ain't your average lifestyle business blog. You won't find us preaching on taking your passion and turning it into profits. Jill, I find that many people don't know where their passion is and you're going to get to that. Yeah. So it continues. I mean, sure, it's nice to have a passion and to be able to monetize it. But honestly, most people struggle to identify what they truly feel passionate about, which leaves them feeling paralyzed. Totally relate to that or feeling self-doubt. I relate to that as well. And that feeling sucks. Instead, we believe that you can take what you know from your nine to five job and transform it into an online business you feel proud of. That's amazing, Jill. So sit back, relax, and grab a glass of something, preferably alcoholic. Jill, I-
1: <laughs> That's a bartender in me.
0: <laughs> and it, it's crazy because I, I talk to many of my coaching students and we we, we try to get to the root of what their passions are and you know kind of mm-hmm. what you just said you know if we're able to take your passion and and if you could do your passion for the rest of your life and figure out how to monetize that that's again that's the golden ticket but many people are not able to figure out what their passion for is sure. and That, And like you said that leaves them with a lot of self-doubt that leaves them with a lot of angst and it's just like okay you know how long do i have to wait am i ever going to have like this epiphany moment what am i supposed mm-hmm. to do so you guys have have just said you know. Forget all of that. You don't have to figure out your passion now, but you can create the lifestyle that you've always wanted now through maybe the resources or maybe what you've learned from your nine-to-five job. Is that is that kind of where you're going
1: with that? Well, yeah, like I never... I was never lit up by social media for restaurants. Like, I was just a bartender for 10 years, so I know how they operate. And I saw an opportunity, and I wanted the F out of bartending more than anything in the world. So, when I saw the opportunity, I was like, I'm going to pitch this guy's social media services for his bars and restaurants because it's two things I know. But I was never lit up by it. That then transitioned into Josh and I starting our first business together, which again was not built on passion. It was a skincare website. <laughs> so, I was not lit up by talking about acne or DIY effing face masks. Like that was certainly not something that got me out of bed in the morning. But what I realized is I absolutely loved the process and the journey of building a business. That is the shit that I was passionate about. It just wasn't the necessary topic. But because we did all these things that allowed us to make money and create a lifestyle for ourselves, it eventually led us to the screw the nine to five, which is something that lights us up now. So like all these un non-passion projects led us to the passion project.
0: How did that transition happen? What was, you know, what was your first aha moment into starting screw the 9 to 5 and how did you progress from there?
1: Yeah, so we had our our skincare website back in 2012 which blossomed into us actually by the end of our stint in affiliate marketing cuz all of that was done through affiliate marketing. We didn't have our own products or anything. We just got traffic and referred traffic to merchants, we ended up building a network of 30 sites. So obviously people wanted to know what the heck we were doing because all of a sudden we're traveling again and we're not working, quote unquote jobs. And people in our lives were like, what are you guys doing? Like, Are you running drugs? Like, What's happening? How are you making this cash? And it was actually on our balcony in Costa Rica on our wedding week, which is probably the one week you should not be working. But we were just Out on the balcony listening to Bob Marley, drinking rum. (laughs) (laughs) We were talking about this because we were about to move to Thailand because our business was at a certain level that we're like, screw it, why why are we staying in Canadian winters? Like, no. (laughs) And so we were kind of talking about like sharing that journey. Like, what is it like to build a business together online as a married couple? And we were just like, what would we call that? And I just all of a sudden, like, thanks to Rum, was like, Screw the 9 to 5. <laughs> and we we're like, oh, my God, is that available? And so we did the whole domain search and, like, trademark search. And, yeah, and hit go on it got the domain, but we didn't do anything with it for four months because I didn't know what the heck screw the nine to five was at that time. And if you look back at all of our old videos, they're like travel videos. It's like a glimpse into Koh Tao, Thailand or a food tour through Beijing. Like what? (laughs) There was no structure there, right? we were just trying to find our feet with it. But over the course of five years, it's kind of blossomed into this like online community where we just help people really gain traction in in what they want to create and get it out there.
0: Can we brag a little bit, Jill? Let's talk about some of the stats. Oh, and, and I'm Canadian.
1: Some- <laughs> but we don't brag.
0: <laughs> of course. Of course. I know you guys are like, you guys are super well known. You guys have reached so many different people. Your podcast is amazing. I was listening to it this morning and I was listening to a, a time management podcast and I was like, oh, mm. this, this is really good. This is what we're going to talk about. <laughs> Sweet. So maybe talk about some of the growth that, that you guys have seen over the years.
1: Yeah. So, like I said in the beginning, it was really, it's been a five year process of, trying shit and seeing what works. Like I want to say that we've had a straightforward route. It has been anything but. So it's been trying and difficult and exciting and challenging and rewarding and fun and profitable. And it's been all the things, but it's been a journey, right? Like Just like everything, there's been ups and downs. So in the beginning for probably 2013, we completely did the wrong thing and built the wrong audience because we didn't have a vision. We didn't know what we were doing. We didn't have goals around it because we are we thought of it drinking on a balcony in Costa Rica. Like we were just like, this sounds like a great idea. Let's hit go. Fortunately we had our other business, right? So we were, we had the freedom of being able to do both. And then 2014, we really started to dial it in. We started talking about affiliate marketing 2015. We kind of phased that out to start talking about more general stuff like online marketing in general, not just the process of doing affiliate marketing and from 2015 to 2016 was really our breakthrough year. 2016 was our breakthrough year. Like 2015, we went from making like 90K, which was great to 2016 we made like 440 or something like that. We were just like Holy what God. the <laughs> hell just happened? <laughs> like how did that happen and how do we do it again? <laughs> <laughs> but course. it truly was I think the result of doing a lot of hard work and audience building over the course of 3 years to have it finally pay off and really find our feet and our direction and what we stand for and our values and all of that kind of stuff. And then 2000 17, the year we just wrapped, we increased again to 600,000. So like it's been a journey, right? It hasn't been like, we're not this like, we do multi seven figures, but it's been an awesome ride and I'm excited to take it to the next level in 2018. What would you say
0: in those three years of struggle, what would you say is uh, not one of the worst, but the actual worst entrepreneurial moment you had to date?
1: When we launched our course badass guest blogging, for real, that's what we called it, in 2015. (laughs) And so we were in Thailand at the time in Chiang Mai. That's a huge digital nomad hub. And we were so sure this product was going to kill it. We're like, bitches, watch out. We're about to go make 20K on a $200 offer. Yeah, we have an email list of 400 and they're travel bloggers. That totally makes sense. And not one person bought it. (laughs) And I legit ugly cried for a day straight. I was so embarrassed because we had just spent so much time just being super cocky about it and telling everyone about it. And so when we had that like facepalm moment, we're like, oh, (laughs) damn it. I think we took a wrong turn here. What we realized is we built the wrong audience, right? Like we didn't have any direction with our content. We're talking about effing traveling. We had travel videos. We were talking about like Pinterest marketing, guest blogging, like nothing was cohesive. And so how do we possibly think that we would have a $20,000 launch with an email list of 400 people, which included like definitely my mom, high school friends, travel bloggers who have no money. And like, (laughs) it was just, we were way off base. And while it was the most embarrassing, Thing, hardest thing I've gone through, at least up to that point. I would say that it's changed in, in the last year. At that point when we were still so new, that was hands down my most formative moment because it forced us to take a hard left turn, draw a line in the sand and say, okay, this is what we're going to start talking about, aka affiliate marketing. This is the direction we're going. I sent an email out to our whole list. I said, this is where we're going in 2014. If you want to come along for the ride, just like hit this button. We'll resubscribe you. If not, like totally get it, but peace. You know what I mean? And so we just drew a hard line in the sand and we went all in on this new direction. And that's where things started picking that's up. A-
0: that's amazing yeah. and I, I just want to touch on that really quick because that sounds like me in 2018 and this 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 direction that I'm going now because again in 2017 it was all about just giving as much value and content as I could mm-hmm. in different online business spaces and, and making sure that you know if a listener wanted to get into drop shipping they knew exactly how and when to do it if they wanted to get into affiliate marketing affiliate marketing I had episodes on that you know yeah. just different types of episodes to make sure that I was catering to everybody but what I've realized when you cater to everybody you cater to you nobody cater-
1: Nobody. Yeah. <laughs> so
0: going into 2018, knowing that I was going to be super laser focused on my mission for 2018, I was scared that I would lose some of some of the, the listener base and that some yeah. people following would no longer follow. And that I've been so wrong on that. I've I've seen that people who who would follow from the beginning, they naturally enjoy the show regardless of what we're talking about at this point. That they they're they're here to stay, and that's amazing. Did you experience yeah. some of those same things?
1: For sure, there was definitely people who were like. Fuck fuck yes, finally. <laughs> You're talking <laughs> about what you actually do. So yes, absolutely. But I was also very cool with like cutting the ties and starting over from scratch. Like I would much rather have 100 engaged people on my list opening up every email and actually paying attention than 1,000 who don't give a shit. You know what I mean? So I was very comfortable with starting from scratch, but I totally feel you. I just want to quick touch on the concept of like very niche down versus general, because I think that's a huge script online. Obviously, you make money faster when you you niche down and talk to a certain select group of people. Josh and I have a weird situation that our brand is very general. You know, like screw the nine to five is more so... Like business in general, like I just want to screw my nine to five. So we actually have a more generalized business than you, whereas you're now talking to real estate investing and that kind of stuff. So that side of things for us has been a bit challenging in that I don't feel as though we talk to no one, but we don't have the advantage of just talking about one specific thing. You know what I mean? However, it allows us to cast a wide net. And then focus down based on certain content channels. But I don't want people to think that you have to always only just go super, super, super niche. There are opportunities where you can go a bit more generalized, but you do have to be aware that maybe that'll take a bit longer to get off the ground than someone who's like, I only focus on this and this is the only thing I talk about and this is the only thing I teach or offer. But it can be done. It's just a longer ball game
0: even when you when you started screw the 9 to 5 i mean your initial focus was affiliate marketing it wasn't yeah. after you built your brand you had a following that you were able to maybe kind of broaden that and include cast a wider net and include more people would you say that that's a fair assessment
1: yeah i mean once we had that niche down focus of affiliate marketing and then realized oh, i'm kind of bored talking about this like there's only so much you can talk about with affiliate marketing that's where we started to kind of broaden our horizons
0: your your husband is your business partner. How yeah. how does that work out? What's what's the yin and yang? How did how what's the synergy there? Like, you know, let's talk about that for a minute.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's definitely been so we're very lucky in that we are yin and yang. Like Josh is the visionary to my implementer. He is the ideas guy to my doing. Like we are very complimentary hundred percent. We're very lucky in that respect. And I don't deny it because a lot of people say, I wish I had a Josh. I'm like, yeah, I don't doubt it. (laughs) He's really handy to have around. (laughs) But it's been a process for us figuring out the work life and now family balance for sure. I mean, when you work with your partner, you're together 24 seven, like we are attached at the damn hip 24 seven. So there's certain challenges that come up with that. And like from 2004, I would say from 2012 to the end of 2014, it was really challenging for us to figure that out because we both wanted to be right and we both wanted to be the ones calling the shots and we both wanted to be doing all the things and we both never thought to think, okay, maybe we should figure out whose strengths are what and get the F out of the other person's way and let them do their thing. But once we had that clarity and we've made it a real recurring thing in our business and our marriage and just life in general to figure out like to really understand each other, like personality tests and, and really talking about our strengths or what we enjoy or what we don't enjoy. That's become a huge priority for us so that we can figure out the least, like the most non-friction way for us to run a business together, make some hard calls together, but also have a life we really and enjoy together. So that's Definitely. just been a process of like straight up honesty, understanding, empathy, and patience with each other.
0: That's amazing. That's amazing, and I know that if he knows what's good for him, he's going to make sure that you're calling the shots. <laughs>
1: I mean, he he's figured that out by now.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, Jill, let's let's. Are you ready to add some value to our listeners? Let's do let's, it. Let's, let's let's add some value. Let's give them some some actionable takeaways. Let's maybe dive into time management, and mm-hmm. you know, I, I believe that time management is such, and I, I would almost call it a skill. Such an important skill mm-hmm. to have. Especially especially if you're trying to make that transition from your day job to full-time entrepreneur, full-time real estate investor, full-time online business owner, whatever it is. There there's there's that skill of time management that you're gonna need to get your business off the ground, to be disciplined enough to not wanna go blow off steam after work, mm-hmm. to go party, to go sleep, to go eat, to go binge watch your favorite Netflix show. Let's let's talk about the importance yeah. of time. And then after the importance, we'll maybe get into some steps to achieve the ultimate time management.
1: Yeah, I love it. So the key thing to remember is if you are in a nine to five and you're looking to make the transition or the leap out of it is one thing you have to acknowledge is in a nine to five, you've been given a schedule, right? Like you're accountable to a schedule on someone else's schedule. And if you don't show up to that, you're going to be fired probably, if not severely reprimanded when you are making the transition into entrepreneurship, all of a sudden you don't have a schedule, right? You're like, oh my God, I can wake up without an alarm clock and I can do all the things and I don't have to be accountable to anything. But then you realize, oh, my business isn't really growing. What's happening here? And you realize that all those things that so many people hate about corporate are actually really fundamental to growing a business, whether it's online, offline, whatever. So you do need to have a certain level of discipline, commitment, and integrity where you show up for your business every single day, especially in the beginning. You know, like in the beginning, and I'm not preaching that you have to work 12, 14 hours, but I was because I was hell bent on never going back to a job. So like, what does that look like for you in the beginning? You don't have to work 12, 14 hours, especially if you don't have that kind of time maybe three hours a day of really focused work that moves the needle and actually accomplishes something like writing your opt-in, setting up your website, joining Facebook groups and participating so you can find clients, writing content, doing content for other people's sites. That's probably the biggest one. Getting your name out there. Like, There's so many fundamental things that have to happen in that First year where you've gone from employee to entrepreneur, if you really want to see traction without having to, like, you know, just chuck money at Facebook ads and hope it all works out. If you really want to have this key foundational business that ticks the boxes, like, that requires you showing up. It requires dedication and consistency on your end. And so there will need to be routines and some sort of schedule, whether you start and you work 11 to 3 and you're like, I'm living the life, fools. Or if you are the type who prefers to work in the morning and so you have all day with your family, like whatever that looks like, right? How do you, you know just my schedule, to- <laughs> Joe? <Jill? laughs> <laughs> I've been watching you. <laughs> <laughs> the key is just to figure out what works for you and then commit to that and be consistent with it. Now, if you're still in a job, and I, I mean, this is my flavor of kind of exiting out of a job into entrepreneurship. I'm not the type who could just like, cut the ropes and be like, see ya, I'm out. I would need a runway and all of this kind of stuff because I'm a planner. (laughs) But some people prefer to just, you know, cut their What's the what's the saying? What am I trying to say? Cut, cut the loss. <laughs> I no, know. like just like
0: cut, cut ties. Cut ties.
1: Cut ties. Yeah. Like burn the boats. Right? They yeah. want to go all in. If they're not going all in, then they're not doing anything. But for those who like to sidestep their way into it, and they kind of want to balance both, you just need to identify. One thing I love doing is saying, take an audit of how you spend your time each week. Like literally, get a calendar or a planner, whatever that looks like in your world, and mark down what you are doing at every single point of the day. So if you're sitting in traffic for like 30 minutes and you're sitting there listening to bullshit radio, you could be using that to listen to podcasts or maybe a module from a course you're working through or an inspirational audio track or whatever it is. I was going to say meditate, but don't meditate in traffic. That might not be that good. But you know, use that time productively. Or if you find that you have a lot of energy and can get up at like six in the morning, but you don't have to be at work till nine, how could you use from like six to 730 productively to move the needle in your business? Maybe it's creating some blog posts or batch creating some social content. Maybe it's doing outreach to get on other people's podcasts. How can you use these pockets of time before you have to actually leave for work to really fuel your business forward? If you find, that you just come home and you like to shut off your brain and Netflix and chill. I totally get that, but that's not going to build a business. So there again, there's these levels of self-discipline that have to come into play if you're really going to show up and and build momentum in a business while in, while in your job. And yes, it looks like sacrifice and yes, it looks like cutting back time on maybe like your Netflix habit or how much you go out on the weekends, or if you go drinking both nights, maybe you cut it down to one night so that one day you have just fully for your business. Or if you have kids, maybe it's communicating to your partner. You know, I'm going to start instituting office hours on the weekend so that I have a bit of time to work through my business and really gain traction. So maybe that just looks like three hours, Saturday and Sunday, or maybe your partner could take the kids out for the whole day every Sunday or whatever it looks like. Like Just having that communication with people in your in your life, your offline life or your family to say, like, what pockets of time can we carve out for me so that I can work on this dream, so I can build momentum, so I can get myself out of this nine to five. That's where the key pieces are. But it's not always the sexiest thing to talk about because not everyone wants to do the work, right? They just are sold this bullshit picture online that it's all so easy and they don't see the work that needs to go into it and the habits and the person you need to become—none of that is ever talked about—but it is absolutely crucial in order to pick up that steam.
0: And you talk about finding these pockets of time, and mm-hmm. I believe that that you said the best way to find these pockets of time is perhaps through getting a calendar or, or writing mm-hmm. down notes. But Jill, we live in the 21st century. <laughs> give give us an app to do that. Give us a way that we can we can track that.
1: I am a paper and pen person. You should see how many like. Look at how many stickies I, ha- <laughs> I literally, <laughs> and I have a planner, but my computer sitting on it right now. Like I am a pen and paper kind of gal. So Google calendars, <laughs> I use I that. Love, Anything that good. allows you to track your time.
0: I'm the same way. I love stickies. I'm a, I'm a paper. Yeah. I feel like it's, it, you know, when you write something down, there's just something visceral about that, that, yes. you know, it, it just sticks with you. But I heard Josh give us an app on. on
1: oh, that. is it toggle?
0: It was Toggle. It was Toggle. Yeah. <laughs> I was
1: trying to he is them. an apps guy. He loves that. I am a paper and pen kind of guy. Paper
0: girl. and pen. So first, yeah. first thing we need to do is we need to learn how to, how to track our time and know where our time is going. What would be after that? Once, we, once we've figured out how to track our time, whatever we're using, if we're using you know, a sticky pad or we're using Toggle or Google calendars, once we're able to do yeah. that, what's, what's the next step?
1: Well, it's identifying those pockets of lost time that you can now use more strategically to dedicate to growing your business. And I think if you want to even go one step further, like really identifying repeatable pockets of time. So like Mm. I know in the morning from 6.30 to 8, I'm kind of just messing around. I'm hitting the snooze button. But what happens if I set my alarm for 6, hit the snooze button for 30 minutes and actually got up and did something starting from 6.30 to 8? like how can i start using that every single day those are my 90 minutes that i get to use to build momentum in my business how can what are the actions that i can plan in my week that will help me move the needle in a noticeable way it'll make me feel great it'll help build momentum that's going to give you the feelings of positivity and the the positive feedback and the conditioning to make you want to continue to show up at that level, right? Because as you see things start to click over and you start to see results and you start to see the momentum build, maybe it's your list building or your group or you're booking podcast interviews, whatever that looks like in your world, that's going to condition you to be like, shit, yeah, I want more of this. Like, where else can I identify these repeatable pockets of time? Or, like we said, maybe it's after work. Maybe it's like avoiding the fact that you're going to sit there and zone out to Netflix for two hours, but instead, maybe you do that like twice a week versus seven days a week. And the other five days are committed to, you know, get shit done sessions. And then the final one, I don't know if you were going to build upon this, but one productivity hack we love is Pomodoros. What is that? Yeah. So that is timed productivity sessions. We actually do this. We have Pomo Rooms, So our, our members inside screw you have taken it and now it's called pomos. So they call themselves Palm stars and all this kind of stuff. (laughs) So we have Zoom rooms where you can go pomo with people. So essentially what it is, is 25 minutes of focused work and then five minutes of a quick break, stand up, shake shit out, or go grab a drink or whatever that looks like. And then another 25 minutes focused work. And it allows you to accomplish so much stuff because you are literally like, okay, I got 25 minutes. How much can I get done? And if you have one task to accomplish in those 25-minute chunks, you will notice how much productive work you get done because you're not messing around with busy work at that point. You're like, I have 25 minutes to write a week worth of social media updates, or I have 25 minutes to send out five outreach emails, or I have 25 minutes to blah, 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 do some keyword research, whatever that looks like. But you have these focused chunks of time that you can use to get one thing done. That shit stacks on each other.
0: That's amazing. That's amazing. I may have to implement that myself. Do it. How this how this all relates to, to maybe maybe the, the twenty eighteen real, real estate investor? You know, if you have a W two full time day job, you know, just being able to, to take some time in the morning, you know, maybe in the morning you're you're looking at interest rates before you lock in the interest rate, and maybe after work you're you're meeting with real estate agents or or you're analyzing deals, you're you're doing things that are going to constantly move the needle. If you can create some type of repetition in your schedule, that's the best way to create momentum. And it mm-hmm. sounds like sounds like Jill is a big fan of that. So let's maybe talk about the time commitment, uh, especially as a brand new entrepreneur, what, what type of time commitment would you, would you recommend? Would it be five hours a week, 10 hours a week, or would it be based on a third factor?
1: I think if you can get to 10 hours a week, like you're doing really, really well. 10 hours a week, that's like what? One hour per day, Monday to Friday, and two and a half hours a day on the weekend. Like legit, let's keep it real. Anyone can do that. If yeah. it's important to you, anyone can carve out that kind of time. It's like, if you say you can't, then things need to change. This is where you need to do your time audit because it'll allow you to spot those pockets of lost time. You know what I mean? And I bet you, you'd be surprised at how many there are. I'm sitting in a doctor's office for 45 minutes. Oh, I could have actually batch created blah, blah, blah. You know, like there's just certain shifts in priorities when you commit to, okay, I'm really going to do the work to find 10 hours of time in my schedule per week, it's really quite doable.
0: You can just you can just imagine how much you can get accomplished in in a year by doing that. I mean that those are a lot of man hours if you're able to commit yeah. that type of time to to your craft and you know eventually be able to leave your your W two job. So I think that's fascinating. And you know again I don't I don't want it to seem as though we're, we're bashing the the corporate job or the W two job. We're we're talking to specific individuals who are maybe overwhelmed and unfulfilled in their yeah. day job, or or perhaps they they love their day job and they're just looking to subsidize their income, create something on the side that they're passionate about as well. I'm not opposed to that. I think that that's an amazing model as well. So not only people who are looking to leave their, their W2 day job, but also people who are looking to just have something on the side as well. I think
1: yeah. And I feel like anyone who is happy in their job ain't listening to an interview with someone from Screw the 9 to 5. So like, <laughs> we <true>. can safely <laughs> assume that maybe people listening to this episode are a bit unsatisfied in some area of their work life.
0: <laughs> Lifestyle Design Acceleration Hacks. What is your favorite Before the Millions book?
1: Profit First, hands down. Michael Callowicz. But I'm currently a- reading Traction, which I think is about to rock my damn world as well. Really? But like, Profit First had a, like a monumental impact on us how it impacted us, A, it forced us to look at our money situation and be like, oh, this is really broken. Let's fix it. Well, wait, wait, wait. Let, let, let's talk about his system
0: first so we can understand. Okay.
1: What you- okay. So his whole theory or thesis or just framework is that your business should be built to serve you, right? And most people think that it goes revenue minus expenses minus taxes equals profit but his whole thing flips that and it's revenue minus profit minus owner's pay minus taxes equals expenses. So it really allows you to be taken care of right off the bat. So your business is always profitable. You're prioritizing profit straight out the gate and you're taking care of yourself. You're making sure that you are paid since you are the most important part of your business. So we love it because A, it prioritizes financial growth and taking care of yourself. And if you're not taking care of yourself in your business, how are you going to show up? You know, like you're really going to slack. You're going to be like, this sucks. His whole system really helps to shape that. So that was huge for us because we were of the mindset, oh, just reinvest until it hurts. That's something we heard over and over again. Reinvest till it hurts, reinvest till it hurts. So we spent so much money that we were making and never really taking care of ourselves so that was a big big eye-opener for us and then how we used it is we started a prioritizing profit and be paying ourselves regularly every two months or excuse me every two weeks <laughs> so we have a dependable salary so we get to live the kind of lifestyle that makes us feel great so we're not resentful of the work we do love so that is that's been a huge one for us
0: love it love it let's yeah. touch a little bit on traction what is traction about <laughs>
1: so it is all around creating like a really streamlined organizational structure for your business this is what i'm talking about like in the beginning you're like oh, i'm gonna live this sick lifestyle business and i'm gonna work from the beach and then you get a few years in <laughs> you're like how can we create systems and efficiency and, <laughs> and forecasts <laughs> like it's ridiculous you almost kind of go back to the corporate side of things for a sec because I mean, there's so many repeatable systems that you can take from them to really make your business more profitable and just do it in a way that feels right to you. You don't have to go the corporate route, but putting some proven processes in place that have allowed huge companies to grow and scale and stay efficient and have happy teams, you know, that makes a difference in, in the long run of your business.
0: Love it. Love it. Love it. Yeah. What is your favorite lifestyle design app? This can be a business app or tool. And as we already know, Jill, you don't mm-hmm. like apps.
1: So yeah I'm like <laughs> does Instagram count No.
0: <laughs> and can. Why, why would you say Instagram
1: mostly because that's how I waste time at night <laughs> I'm just kidding I would say I'm looking at my thing right now I would say hands-down slack is what I use the most on my phone that and calendars <laughs> 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 Aren't I exciting, guys? <laughs> calendars and team management. Woo! <laughs> I'm
0: just like, um, which one do, would? I, which one would? Would we want to talk about out of Slack and calendars? I was like, okay, let's go with Slack. Slack. <laughs> yeah. So what's um,
1: Slack? Yeah, it's a team communication app that allows you to streamline communications to channels, so you don't just have like. If you only rely on email with your team, shit's going to get lost. You talk about a million different things. You waste time. There's back and forth. Slack allows you to create topic-based channels. So we have one called Command Central, which is where Ops hangs out. And we have one for Community, which is all for Screw You, which is our monthly membership community. We have one for our free... Facebook group. We have one for images. We have one for ads. We have one for events. So it allows you to keep the conversations streamlined to that specific channel versus getting all muddied in like one major general channel where everyone's talking about all the things and you lose things and you just lose track of stuff. So Slack allows you to streamline the communication for your team.
0: And that's not boring, Jill. I mean, we're talking about (laughs) apps here. How many business apps can really just be like, you know, wooing somebody? So that's an amazing app. I love Slack. What do you enjoy most about the way your lifestyle is currently designed?
1: So one thing we made a big or one key lesson I learned last year was around organization and efficiency. So if you had asked me this last year, I would have been like, I don't know. It just feels kind of hectic right now. But now (laughs) I love that I have space. I love that I have space. Like I said, I'm eight and a half months pregnant. My capacity is just limited. Not that I want it to be. It's just, it's actually quite frustrating how limited it is. But like, (laughs) I'm really tired a lot, or, you know, I'm uncomfortable. But because we've designed a business that allows us space now so that we're not always on, I don't even touch email. I barely go on social on the weekends. Like, none of that stuff happens in my life anymore. Whereas, 2017 and before, like I was in the weeds all the time. So I love that we have breathing room and bandwidth and space and ease and enjoyment and time to ourselves again to recharge. That's what's really lighting me up right now.
0: What were the sacrifices that you knew you had to make before the millions to get to where you are today?
1: Mm, I sacrificed a lot of my time with other people. Like I really, really did. I didn't do a lot of going out and getting wasted I was really really focused on I'm a doer so I I'm I love to do lists <laughs> and nothing gives me more satisfaction than like crumpling stickies and ticking off tasks so I sacrificed a lot of social time I did a ton of social time to just prioritize the business growth and it's actually something that we're trying to consciously shift this year because it's literally been a habit of mine at least for almost six years now and so I've probably sacrificed a lot of relationships and a lot of time with people I really enjoy because I just was in my head around like well I don't want to have stupid conversations around meaningless shit I'd rather be at my desk building stuff you know so that's one thing that I'm currently Currently trying to shift, but that was definitely a sacrifice I made.
0: I love that. And is that like a common, common feeling along a, amongst a lot a lot of entrepreneurs? Because I struggle with that every single day. Just just knowing that it's almost like the opportunity cost of time, knowing that you can spend that time building, but you know that these relationships are, are important to you or they're important to the person on the other end. So you want to make mm-hmm. sure that you're, you know, you're still doing what you need to do to, I guess, keep those relationships intact.
1: I assume I don't know. I know some of my friends are like this, like a bunch of the friends we had in Chiang Mai when we were living in Thailand, they very much prioritized working. It's kind of like why we all got along because everyone was there to like live on the cheap and get their business off the ground. So a lot of those people, absolutely. The entrepreneurs who have a bit more going on, like I've noticed they really make time their number one asset. So they do have time to spend it with their families and their friends and do things that light them up. And one thing Josh and I noticed is that our priorities were way out of whack for a lot of years. Like it went business, health, family or friends. But now I really want it to be or we really want it to be family, friends, health, business. Like it's not everything that drives our whole effing life anymore. You know, there's stuff outside of it. Like when I feel like I can't even have a conversation around something that isn't business related, like there's probably something wrong there.
0: You know what I mean? It's funny because if I would have been, if I would have uh, had to answer the question that I just asked you, I would have said the same exact thing. In 2017, it was business health relationships. And I was just mm-hmm. like, well, if I'm promoting this 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 lifestyle, this whole living life on your own terms, well, I should be able to have time for family and friends. So that's yeah. why in 2017, I decided that you know, not that I have anything planned out for the next month or two months or year, but I've already created uh slots of time in my in my Mm -hmm. schedule saying that hey once a month or twice a month on friday nights i literally have time to schedule with friends family whatever and i'm just gonna you know pick up my little sister and we're just gonna go do this and go do that like i've already blocked that time out so i know that you know i'm I'm creating time for the things that i truly want to do so i think that that's a that's an important distinguishment so i love that who was essential to your growth before the millions and why
1: so I've had a lot of people come into my life for what I think are different reasons, but the person who stands out right now, he's a buddy. But we also were was we were in his mastermind last year as James Wedmore. His balance of lifestyle and business is absolutely something that I want, and not only that. And I told him this as the mastermind was fading out is. We joined for all these like strategies, right? Like, oh, we're going to get all these strategies for growth and blah, blah, blah. But my main takeaway from his entire mastermind, which lasted a year, was leadership. He is a fantastic leader. And that was my main takeaway from him is how to show up for your team, how to motivate them, how to get some strong systems in place so that you're not always working all the time. How do you prioritize lifestyle? How do you prioritize family and loved ones? He's really, really, really good at that. And so he has probably been the most impactful one, that mentor slash friend that I've had in my life.
0: Love it. Last but not least, why do you think so many of us are stuck before the millions, even though we have every intention on getting to the millions.
1: Commitment. Discipline, commitment, and just showing up and doing it. It is the thing. I don't care. I'm people challenge me on it all the time. And I'm like, well, show me someone who isn't getting the results they want versus someone who is getting the results they want. I guarantee you it's a situation of commitment and discipline. This person shows up, they're committed, they're consistent, they're disciplined in what they need to do. And this person makes excuses. And that person is why this person will always supersede where they're at. Because you can sit there and make decisions, or excuse me, excuses and come up with reasons why you can't do something, but it all boils down to your own internal commitment and discipline. If you're not committed to actually doing the work and showing up the way you need to do, that shit's going to show. Commitment and discipline, my friend.
0: There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That was amazing. Thank you so much, Jill. This has been phenomenal. I've taken away so much from our conversation and I know our listeners have as well. If anybody wants to look into your business, wants to research you and your husband, wants to wants to learn how to screw their nine to five, give us everything, you know, give us the links, give us wh- where to find you and, and, and all the good stuff.
1: Yeah. Well, the easiest way is to go to screw the nine to com. So that's all spelt out. No numbers. Second easiest way is to join screw you. So that's our monthly membership community. And where we combine coaching courses and community, or you can come join our free Facebook group. So that's just over at screwcommunity.com and screw you is join screw you.com. And it's the letter U, not like screw you. <laughs> uh, it's <laughs> screw <Definitely>. university. <laughs> those three links, if you want to pop them in your show notes, screw the nine to dot com, join screw you, and screw community if you want the free community.
0: And those will be in the show notes, guys. So you can always access our show notes, especially for this episode, at beforethemillions.com slash episode. 33. And those are actually the numbers. So 33. Three. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. And good luck in all your endeavors. And good luck with the new addition to the family.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much for having me on. It was so much fun.